Hello, and welcome to the Veterinary Journal Club podcast. Um, this is actually going to be the first show um, that we recorded after uh, everything kind of went crazy with all the COVID-19 stuff. And so we've been a little bit limited on interacting with people and, and trying to figure out how we can do shows with remote guests. But while we work on that, uh, I talked to my husband slash producer, uh, Topher, about like what would be a show that he thought would be a good topic and maybe something where he could come on it with me because it's always better if it's a conversation rather than me just chatting. And he thought it would be great to talk about what it is that I do because um, he doesn't know. And so um, we talk about uh, being a veterinary criticalist specific to my job. I'm not sure we end up answering the question. So if you're really interested in knowing what a veterinary criticalist does, you may be disappointed after this. But we have a little bit of fun. Um, and he, he kind of nails parts of uh, my job, uh, what I do and, and what I don't do. And uh, at any rate, hope you enjoy it for today's show. My husband slash producer, if you didn't realize, my producer is also my husband, um, I asked him what I thought would be a topic people might want to hear about. And he was like, oh, maybe you could just like talk about what you do. What, what is a criticalist? And so um, he's on the show rather than just being behind the scenes. He's here today um, so that he can ask questions that he thinks people might not know or questions maybe he has. I don't know. I don't know if he knows what I do. What do, I, do you know what I do? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not entirely true. You, mm -hmm. you have a good idea. But we, we actually don't talk a lot about like what I do at work because you get a little grossed out by some of the blood and yeah. guts and stuff. Yeah, I remember when I used to ride the bus in Gainesville. Um, one of the bus drivers, he's like, oh, I really, I really love like animals and stuff. And one of the people in the bus is like, oh, you should become a vet. And he was like, oh, that's the worst thing I could do. I would have to hurt puppies Yeah. if I did that. He's like, maybe like a dog walker where I just give them treats and walk them would be my ideal job. But to be a vet... I would have to hurt animals. And that's, yeah, that's I what mean, I think, especially when I look through much that is what I do. I, Bobby's I just, phone. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be, I'm not very good about separating out like the photos on my phone. And so if you're looking over my shoulder while I'm trying to find something and you just like see this, you know, flash of like gore. Um, and yeah, you, yeah, you don't it's like a teaching that. moment slash the inside <laughs> of a puppy. It's, it's almost never a puppy. It's usually an adult dog or cat, but sometimes it's a puppy, but like, that's the good stuff. That's what, you know, like weird people who like this want to see. Um, I like took a really good video today of like removing a needle from the neck of a cat and a string that was like a foot and a half long came with it. And everybody that I showed it to at work was like, ah, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> and I can't even show it to you because you'd be like, that's yeah. disgusting. All things you don't see on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Things that would get you banned from Instagram or yeah. Um, yeah, that's essentially what I do. I do things that would get you banned from Instagram. Yeah the aftermath of the Instagram no. of the kitten playing with thread. Oh, look, it's so cute. Yeah, don't let your kitten play with thread. Okay, so, um, yeah. So what What really, though, like, what do you think that I do, like, on clinics, for example? So obviously, at, at, you know, in an academic institution, I have multiple jobs, but, like, when I'm on clinics and I, you know, go to work in scrubs for the day and I come home, you know, some 12 to 14 hours later, what do you think that I've done for the day? I think that you go in... And someone tells you what's wrong with everything, and that's called rounds. And then um, you have a hot chocolate. <laughs> and then um, other things come in that are maybe sick, and you have someone go and figure out what's wrong with it, and they come back and tell you it, and you say yes or no, check again. 
and um, then people say what they think it is, and you either tell them they're right or wrong. Yeah. Um, or you have to go look at it yourself if they if they're really wrong. <laughs> and then um, you answer the phone from other vets calling and asking weird questions, and then. Um, People just ask you questions all day. Yeah, you make it sound like I, I'm like the host of a, of a game show, which would be a lot cooler, I think, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is, on the surface, not that far off. Uh, <laughs> it's a very simplified. Uh, I, like, I like rounds. People tell you what happened, and that's rounds. Yeah, um, yeah so rounds. Uh, yeah, that is like, I guess we do a lot of rounding. There's different types of rounds, but there's like, you know, case rounds where we're handing off cases like the person, you know, because in emergency critical care, we're, we're a 24 hour deal because animals do stupid things all the time. Yeah. And there's no uh, appointment for yeah, we don't, a needle. Yeah. No, <laughs> we don't. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't, we filled up all those appointments for the day. Um, you'll have to come next week. Um, the, the funny thing about being so emergency critical care, ECC, the specialty college that I'm a part of, um, in, in human medicine, there are separate colleges, actually. There's the emergency specialty, and there's a critical care or intensive care, or they have a whole bunch of different names. Yeah, because when I go to different. the ER, I feel like I, uh, I go there, and then I get, I get triaged, and they decide if I need to be there. And then I go sit in a room for 45 minutes, and a nurse comes by and does the whatever I need. And yeah. then the doctor comes by, waves, gives me a <laughs> thumbs up, and leaves. Yeah, I, yeah, that's not what we do. That's human medicine. They suck. Uh, no, not, not really. But it is very different when your patients can like talk to you and tell you what's wrong and be like, point right here, and then you only examine that part, that part of the patient or something like that. So we have to do a lot more detective work. Um, but um, but emergency you can't talk to animals. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. can. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's why he makes more money than me. Um, so um, the, there's there's two parts of it. There's the emergency side, and then there's the critical care side. Um, and the funny thing about the emergency side is people who um, get into doing emergency critical care love the true emergencies. But we don't always decide, um, like the client or the referring vet or whatever, anybody who says, I think this needs to be dealt with right now, gets to make that choice. And then they show up to an emergency room and then we go, okay. And and you kind of alluded to triaging. And so, yeah, we will triage and be like, ah, you're, you're totally fine. Yeah, and I you're guess that's all I think of when you're, uh, you're at work is the emergency room because there's shows, ER, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. It's all, it's all the ER. There's no like patient that's just sitting there slowly trying to die. Oh, no, we have lots of those. Yeah, that's not actually... Really, a, not on TV. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't know. I don't really watch a lot of those shows because yeah. um, they takes just more make than me kind of sad. But you, uh, you, did you ever watch House? No. Oh, okay. Well, if you list, if you're listening and you did watch House, um, the, what House did was a lot more critical care than emergency, um, where you'd have a patient come in and people are like, "What is wrong?" And then you do a bunch of tests and you try to figure out, and you're like, "Oh, but he's dying," and so okay, I got to try something to keep him alive while we try to figure out what's wrong. That's more the critical care side of things. Whereas, yeah, like ER, where you're coming in and the first thing you're like, "Okay, let's figure out what's going on. Let's stabilize this patient, um, and then figure out what it needs later." But first thing, without all the information. I have to just kind of get things stabilized. But a lot of that is just triaging. Be like, okay, yeah, you just, you know, you need a little pain med because you have a sore knee or you have a urinary tract infection, so you need an antibiotic. So things that aren't dying. Um, 
they're not emergencies in the sense of, um, holy crap, you're going to die any minute. But like, you don't want to wait with a urinary tract infection for days. Or, you know, if you have pain and you're limping, you don't necessarily want to ignore that for weeks. Um, so there, there are urgent things that need to be dealt with that don't necessarily, um, you know, or shouldn't necessarily wait for an appointment. But then the critical care side of things is the patient's like, yes, we have all decided that you are very, very sick um, and you need a lot of attention. Um, and so the intensive care side is um, is where there's a lot of overlap between you know other specialties, internal medicine, surgery, um, so on and so forth, where um, I, I like to think of it as we see all of the cases that are, are thinking of dying. So it doesn't matter what the specialty is, um, if it's oncology or if it's internal medicine or it's surgery or it's cardiology, but it's thinking of dying, that's where I come in. Like that's like, yeah, come here. Yeah. I, I want to I wanna pull you back from the so brink like of death. I was attacked by... All right, I'm a dog. Yeah, and I was attacked by a dog. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, you're gonna come in probably on emergency. My kidneys are also failing. Yeah, I also see you. Yeah, so you do stitches and organ failure. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty good. Specific. No, um, I I learned actually about midway through my residency when it was maybe um, uh, a little late. I should have figured it out sooner was that um, the specialty I chose was one where we really didn't specialize all that much. Um, still seeing, like, all the cases. So it was like cardiology is like, we're going to really focus on problems of the heart. Um, or surgery, we're going to focus on problems that require cutting. <laughs> like, you have to cut this, and I'm going to get really good at this skill. Um, they still see, a, obviously, a big variety, but they've narrowed it down to a specific skill set. Um, and, you know, dermatology is like, you have a problem with your skin? I'm your gal. Um Oncology, if you have cancer, we, we've got this. Now we treat lots of different types of cancers, but um, we've narrowed it down to this field. Now in human medicine, they, they subspecialize a lot more than we do in veterinary medicine. Yeah, like there's when they, in sports, there's always like, we're going to Germany because this guy does the best knee repair. But not I even just knee repair. He's the best at left knee repairs when the problem yeah. is this very, very specific. I don't imagine that's a thing, thing. for ER. It's like, oh, uh, Dr. Connor's the best at... Um, Swallowing. You too couldn't much think ibuprofen. of anything. You you really couldn't think of anything. That that hurts my feelings a little bit. Um, so I mean, we certainly develop things that we like best, and that you know, you probably just because of your interest, you get really good at certain things. Mm-hmm. But because of the nature of what we do, you don't get to say, oh, "I'm not going to see yeah, that it's one." Too time sensitive, right? Yeah, exactly. You can't go to. I'm going to go to Philadelphia to. Yeah. Save my, the, the best at dog bite wounds. Right, right. I mean, you probably, that'd be a good place to go if you wanted, if you go down to Philly if you wanted to see a lot of dog bites and things. But um, I mean, the other specialties have that same issue, right? Like if you are a soft tissue surgeon and you're like, I really, really love doing surgery of the gallbladder, you could decide um, to have a specialty service where like everything that needs that gets referred to you and you do this very, very um, special things. But there are going to be some surgeons or in some areas where you're like, yeah, but the GDV needs its life saved and, you know, we, we need your help with this. Um, so there, depending on, you know, where you work and, and what you decide you want to do, you can sub specialize more um, as long as there is an understanding that somebody's got to see some of these cases. Um, but you probably have to pick things that are that last, like more chronic type deals. Oh, yeah. Like, if like you're something gonna, that's going to die in a day, you can't really specialize in it. Yeah. So critical care, critical care, then. the big problem with critical care is it's not a very good moneymaker. Emergency, yes, right? Emergency, like, and, and that's probably one of the reasons that our specialties haven't separated out like they have in human medicine because um, in vet med, you know, there, there's no Obamacare for pets. And so, um, you know, th- it's still business driven for the most part. 
um, and ER, um, you can you can make a profit in a business or at least you know break even. Where with critical care, probably not so much. Um, as soon as you start hospitalizing patients, you start losing money typically because it's expensive and there's a lot of overhead. And if we charged what we actually needed to, people couldn't do it. Um, so you kind of subsidize your ICU by it seems having like it's ER. new too because I, I think when I was a kid, I don't I don't remember there being like an emergency vet thing. That's because you were a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, oh, the, the cat's sick. We'll take it to the vet yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, no, and, and that, it started that those things would happen only in like urban areas that could support it. Um, and yeah, definitely in the past 10 to 20 years. Like, so when I um, was applying for residencies, there were, uh, I think like, eight or 10 academic ECC residency programs available or something like that. It was definitely, and then including all the private practice ones, it was like maybe 25. And now there's like, I don't know, 85, 90, 100, somewhere in there, um, total residency spots available for ECC. And that's not in that much time. That's in, uh, what time frame would that have been? Like 12, 15 years, years. you'd be quiet. (laughs) 12 12 to 15 years. So um, just a little over a decade. like it's grown a ton. And when I was applying for residencies, a number of the programs I looked at was like, oh, you'd be the very first resident we've ever trained. And uh, a lot of places, you know, don't have critical care. And, mm-hmm. and there are still a handful of those places, um, like in academia, places that don't yet have criticalists. So you're still figuring it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, too, depending on where you work, if you're a criticalist, your job isn't going to be the same. Or like if you're a surgeon, you're like, I'm probably going to do some surgery. If yeah. you're a cardiologist, you're like, I'm probably going to see cardio cases. Um, in ECC, th- it's good and a bad thing, right? Like you actually still have some freedom to be like, this is what I want my job to be. I really like emergency. And so that I'm going to find a job that that's what I get to do. Or I really prefer critical care. So that's what I like to do. I like tinkering with, I, I prefer critical care, if, you know, um, if I'm being honest. And I like tinkering. I like adjusting fluids. I like adjusting electrolytes. Um, I like um, managing pain meds and playing around and saying, okay, this isn't working. Um, you know, what can I do? The minute-to-minute stuff is what I see as critical care, is not yeah. day-to-day. Is that like the main thing for critical care? So like surgeons, their main thing is uh, knives and they cut things. My main thing Anesthesia, is, yeah. Anesthesia, they put things to sleep. Yeah. Internists, they um, take months to decide <laughs> what the simple thing that's wrong is. Oh, Except stomach. Oh, that was harsh. <laughs> I feel like you picked that up from me. I must have said something awful at some oh, point. No, I just think of it from from TV and oh, stuff. Oh, okay, good. Whew, that wasn't from me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, again, if you have a patient who's trying to die, like, that's happening now. And so if I can do one little thing to maybe delay that or reverse that, it would be obviously even better. Um, but most of the time, you're, like, whether a patient lives or dies isn't usually up to us. Yeah, <laughs> like, but what's, um, so do you use, like, is your main thing fluids or fluids drugs? Fluids would be a big thing. Or, fluids would be a big thing, probably. Yeah, probably I would your, say... Your tool, like if they were to make a, a symbol for emergency... Like a bag critical. of fluid, yeah, yeah, that'd be a pretty good one. Yeah. Like we're either giving fluids or taking fluids away. Um, yeah, manipulating fluids and salt, you know, if you start <laughs> adding like sodium, potassium, things like that. Um, ma- blood pressure, like cardiovascular stuff is going to be um, probably our big bag. I so. think there's a... Uh, 
There's a specialty for that already. No, no, no. That's just the heart. I'm talking about all the vessels too. Oh. So the cardiologists are big on that, the one muscle in the middle. And we're like, but what about all the offshoots? We care way more about the vessels, um, the blood pressure and all of that. And that's part of the problem. The lungs too. See, you can't do this without getting involved with the lungs. The lungs, uh, yeah, the things that keep you alive. That's the stuff we care <laughs> about. So the heart, the lungs, the blood vessels, the brain, like that's that's our bread and butter. And then a little bit um, down the road, the kidneys, just because if they die, then everything else eventually does too. Um, so yeah, we just, we really want our patients to, to not die or if they're going to, that we can make that more peaceful. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's actually incredibly difficult to like easily and quickly sum up what it is yeah. I do. It seems like you do all the stuff that's not in the middle. You're the, uh, the, the chocolate part of the Oreo, the part that people, oh, come on. Have, well, you know, like... <laughs> You decide that it goes to neuro because you figure out all the brain stuff, and then they're like, "Okay, well, we're done with our thing. Now someone needs to finish taking care of it." Yeah, and that, that happens. Or oh, they're like, uh, "This one's really sick. We we mm, no, mm, nope nope." They're like, "But it's the brain." And we're like, "Yeah yeah yeah, but it's really really sick." You're like, "All right, cool. Yeah. That's where that's where I actually enjoy yeah, it." Yeah, they too. get to do all the icing, and you have to yeah eat the dry. We're, so yeah, actually that's maybe true. Maybe chocolate. They get cookie. they get all of the credit for um, because it's like, oh, you're the neurologist, you do the thing, or you're the surgeon and you cut it. But the the people in the background just keeping the patients alive, that's a critic list. Yeah. <laughs> there you so go. what do you do Figured during the day? Go back to the first question. Oh, during the day. Because um, I think I was right. Um, yeah. So we'll start because well because my job um, when I'm on clinics right now at Florida is emergency and critical care. So I'm overseeing both mm-hmm. the ICU and the ER. Um, and uh, so, <laughs> yeah, your description was pretty good. So we start with rounding on the ICU cases. What yeah. is in the hospital right now? And then I can tinker and say, hey, we need to make this change or do this plan or so on and so forth. Go over, you know, what's the plan for the day? What do, what do these patients need? And and what can I uh, tinker to justify my job? And then, mm-hmm. um, and then for, depending on that day, what emergencies come in? And then, yeah, somebody will go in and look at the case and then they'll run it by me and I'll be like, yes, you, you're right or no, you are wrong. Try again. Uh, yeah, that was, that's a, a bit of a simplification, but it was, yeah, but it's pre- right. it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was not too far off. Um, and then sometimes I have to get more hands on my favorite parts though, are when there's like procedures that need to be done. So like, Oh, this patient has fluid around its lungs. Um, and we need to do a, a thoracocentesis and maybe a so student... is that a procedure only you can do? I wish. That... Oh, I wish. Um, no, or it's do you something... just do it when you have time. No, you, when you need to do it, you have to do it now. No, I mean um, like, like, um, are you the only doctor that can do that procedure or can a tech or another, like a student do that and you just teach them to do my, it? That's my hope is that I'm teaching somebody else to do it because that's the type but of procedure. But if they procedure. didn't have you, they'd be okay. Uh, it depends. If they've never done it before, Let's say they a might. tech that's been there for 17 Most years. Most of our techs could totally do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they'd probably be thrilled if they got to do it. Yeah. Um, but my my goal, because I'm at a teaching hospital, is to make sure that the students could do it. So Because, again, that's a life-saving procedure that you don't have time. You can't be like, okay, we'll try this tomorrow when somebody who's done it before has here. No, you need to do this now because the patient is struggling and might die if you don't do this. And so that's the kind of stuff I want to teach because there are procedures that are actually rather simple, um, but you just need to, some confidence to do it. And you know, we're funneling all the emergency cases to us versus if you're out there in the stick somewhere like it's coming to you and you don't necessarily have somewhere else you can mm-hmm. send it. Um, so that's not a specialty um, procedure, oh, I have a sidebar. but it's a, it's a thing that not everybody likes to do and isn't necessarily good I at. I figured out What's our next podcast. Okay. What is it? All right. You're going to throw out words like thoracocentesis. Yeah. And you're going to figure and it out. And I'm going to say what I think it is. <laughs> 
I think this is a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're not going to do it now. You have okay. to listen to the next episode. You have to pay attention. Yeah, we'll have another All right, one. Continue. <laughs> okay. I, well, now I'm excited about that one. Um, yeah. I, the the things I guess that a critic list does. Um, there's really not a whole lot that I do that other people can't do. I just there's certain things that I'm going to do better. Um, some exceptions but to that you, would be you can like point mechanical out, like, ventilation. That needs a thoracocentesis. Yes. Better than I'm gonna most be, people. I'm going to be better and quicker at that and be yeah. like, this is what this needs and it, it needs it right now and we don't have time to talk about it. Get your stuff and let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there are some things that are fairly unique to critical care, which would be mechanical ventilation is something that um, other specialties don't really do. Um, we at Florida do um, hemodialysis, but that uh, it's internists at other places, nephrologists and human medicine, so technicians in human medicine. Um, so that's not unique to ECC. Um, but the big thing is like taking, like you said, recognizing this needs this um, and thinking about it at the, you know, really the, sometimes the molecular level, but certainly at the cellular level and saying, okay, what do I think is going on and what does this patient need to make it more stable to survive whatever treatment or disease yeah. um, that it has? Kind of like, you know, so if a patient's low in potassium, mm-hmm. you know what it does to the whole body where like a neurologist like, oh, it's low in potassium, does this to the brain. Yeah. Well, what does it do to his, uh, do to his toes? I don't care. Who cares about the toes? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. doesn't need toes to be a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's not necessarily limited to some anatomic location, but um, yeah, like what are the things that go wrong and t- that make patients die and how can I prevent that? That's what I do. I, I keep all of them alive, always. <laughs> I never never let anything pass away. No, um, I'm actually really, really good at humane euthanasia. That sounds really weird when you say it like that, but it's one of the things I'm best at. Like I'm, I'm good at counseling people and I'm good at actually doing it so that it, it goes peace. You know, like I, that's how I want to go one day. So that's part of my job too. Yeah. But everybody kind of has to do some of that. Some people are better at it than others, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a bad thing to be bad at. Yeah, you don't want to be bad at that. It's a weird thing to be proud of being good at, but it's really, really important to be good at that. In my yeah, opinion. I could see like a like an anesthesiologist not being as good at that because they do almost that most days, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they bring them to the brink and then just kind of like, oh, done and leave. So, <laughs> no, that's not right. <laughs> You're not done. <laughs> Yeah, there are people crying. <laughs> um, that's that's really funny. Um, yeah, well, the anesthesiologists don't usually talk to the clients directly, right? Um, so yeah, <laughs> I can imagine that some of them um, would maybe have right. lost bet, some of I those. Bet, um, <laughs> most clients, if they were in the room, wouldn't even know that that was a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard my dad uh, describe that he's seen uh, the anesthesia or the people Anesth- giving the anesthesia, and he talks about them being a nurse or a tech or whatever, yeah. and it's like that was probably a doctor. It might not have been. Um, that there was probably a doctor at some point, um, yeah. but like it, it, it's probably a team of people. But yes, yeah. the anesthesiologist was probably there for the important stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny though. Yeah, no, I was just some student giving me anesthesia. <laughs> like maybe not. Um, yeah, I think the other podcast should be um, rather than like what is it that I do? Like what do the other specialties do? Because I feel like that will be hilarious to hear your thoughts on what um, what the other specialties do. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some of them I don't even know. Yeah, it'd be fun. We might try that one. I wouldn't even know what the word is. Um, I feel like we have um, done a. I have done a terrible job of explaining what it is that I do, um, and uh, and so well, the problem is I've been in the room, so I've seen you. Yeah. It's like. Sitting in the rounds room, someone comes and asks you a question. You and we're trying to eat lunch. Well, yeah, that's when I'm having yeah, lunch. This is lunch hour. Not <laughs> supposed to be bothered. <laughs> uh, and then you get a phone call from some somebody who says they're a vet. 
and they ask a question. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's when I'm on lunch. Yeah. You don't. You don't really. I usually make you leave before I'm like doing my real job. Oh, Bobby just broke the microphone. I didn't break the microphone. I broke the microphone stand. Um, <laughs> maybe you should have made it more stable. All right. Well. Uh, <laughs> this is probably a good time to wrap this up since I'm uh, losing my equipment. Um, but yeah, hopefully you're now more confused than ever about what a critic list does and it's intrigued you so that you are considering this for your own career mm-hmm. opportunities. If you want to be the chocolate cookie of the Oreo, mm. become... <laughs> well, it's the one thing that's consistent in all the Oreos. There's always two thin pieces of chocolate. Okay. And there's uh, the okay. different... Well, I guess sometimes the there's some different back. flavors. But even usually they only change the cream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I thought I was maybe going to like where you went with the analogy, but I'm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are worse things than being the chocolate cookie part At of an Oreo. At least you're part of the Oreo. At least, yeah, exactly. I'm part of an Oreo. Um, am I both cookies? Yeah. Because like, okay. you do the, the beginning, and then you send it to a professional. <laughs> and then they give it back to you. It makes it sound like I'm not a professional. <laughs> um, and then they give it back to me. Yeah. yeah. I, the beginning, um, and then somebody else fixes it, and mm-hmm. then I take it back. That's the one thing that there's... I There may be, but there are no just cream Oreos for sale. Maybe there's, there should be. There's half stuff. Can you not there's just regular, buy it? and then there's super. It seems like Nabisco would be selling like just jars of the cream. I think filling. you can get the okay. jar of the cream. But then, not, then it's not, I thought I a had cookie. a million dollar idea. Yeah, but who cares? Like yeah. spoons. It's just a, we have a spoons. vat of cream. Yeah, that's what spoons are for. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a different podcast too. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, if you have questions, comments, thoughts, um, I'm afraid of those, but yeah, feel feel free to uh, let us know. But uh, hopefully, this has been um, enlightening and or confusing, and you enjoyed it, and um, are all now thinking of being criticalist one day. <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming and helping to confuse everyone. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's show. I'd like to thank my producer, Topher. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter or Instagram at Vet Journal Club. All episodes are available at veterinaryjournalclub.fireside.fm. You can email us with questions, comments, or show ideas at veterinaryjournalclub at gmail.com. And check back weekly for new episodes, and we'll catch you next time.